Welcome to another episode of Lunch with the Shark. Join us as we dive deep into discussions about business, accounting, and finance to help you build a business that thrives. Now sit back and have a bite with your host, the Shark CFO, Vidal Espinosa. Well, hello, hello, good afternoon. Welcome to a new edition of Lunch with the Shark. I'm sorry that we are a little bit uh, um, late here. Well, not a little, it's just a couple minutes. We were having some technical difficulties with our software uh, that we utilize to go live every single day. So how's your day been? Tuesday, Tuesday, February the 10th. We are almost half way through February, almost, almost, right? Uh, how's your month been? How are you doing? How's everything going? Are you on track to it? Are you on track to get those numbers? Are you on track to get into the metrics? Yeah, no, fuck those numbers. Fuck those numbers. You are really not supposed to know those those numbers. It's all it's your responsibility to not lose focus of your company growth. But how are you not going to lose focus on that company growth? It's by knowing one number, and that number is your revenue. That's it. That's it. Let us handle all the other numbers. We are supposed to be whispering at your ear those numbers. You're not supposed to know them. Hells no. Do you think that, that Walt Disney World CEO knows all those numbers by heart? Oh, he doesn't. He has cheat sheets, but those cheat sheets, guess by whom are prepared? Yes, they are actually prepared by his, his accounting team and reviewed by the CFO of the company and the CFO of the company hands him, the CEO of the company, those cheat sheets. Guess what? We are that CFO that we are supposed to be handing you those cheat sheets with those magic numbers that you cannot lose focus on. Fuck your numbers. Really, you're not supposed to be doing your numbers, knowing your numbers. Remember, in the average small business owner, the average, the average, and guess what? If you're starting your business, if you are just a brand new entrepreneur, small business owner, um, uh, what is it, a, a solopreneur, you're not average, you're a beginner. So the average business owner takes them 40 hours, minimum 40 hours of their time just to get together their books. And that's only if, they know some bookkeeping. Let me tell you one thing. Those systems out there that are supposedly automatized, you actually need to set them up. It's not like just let me take a pill and uh, since the pills already, the chemicals on the pill, it's already, they're already there, I would assume. It's not a placebo. Uh, your headache will go away. You need to set up those systems. Are you setting them up? 
The thing is, if you don't set them correctly, like your company, if you don't set your company correctly, you'll have humongous, humongous problems. That's part of your decision-making process. We just had a case three weeks ago or two weeks ago, something like that. I pick up the phone, they call me to the office and it's this guy, he is desperate like really desperate. And he's like, you know what? You were referred to uh, to me by my banker. I actually tried to open a bank account for my new business. And I'm like, okay, so what's the problem? How can we help you? He says, well, I hired someone that charged me X amount of dollars to open me my company. Okay, so what's your company? Uh, we want to be an LLC. Okay, you wanna be an LLC because you, why? Oh, because I, um, I read online that an LLC, it's better. Okay, um, so tell me, well, but I really don't want to be an LLC. I actually told this person that I wanted to be an S corporation. Okay, so you want to be an LLC, but you want to be an S corporation. Okay, so that's doable. Now, let me ask you one thing. Do you have foreign investors? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but they live in the U.S. Okay. Are they temporary residents? Are they... Uh, Permanent residents, are they, they're not citizens, right? So because they're foreign. He's like, no, yes, they're here on business. They go back and forth. I said, well, you don't qualify for an S corporation. Why not? This guy told me that I could be an S corporation. I'm like, well, this guy, it's not right. Uh, the fact that you have foreign individuals that are not residents of the United States nor citizens of the United States precludes you from becoming an S corporation for tax purposes. Oh, but I can just create an S corporation, the guy told me. I said, no, you cannot create an S corporation because there's not such thing as an S corporation. It's either sole proprietor, partnership, uh, corporation, or LLC, trust, or whatever, right? And he's like, oh, okay. I said, do you mind sending me your documents? I said, I wonder why the bank was not able to open your bank account. He says, oh, because uh, the banker said that everything was uh, um, incorrect. I said, let me check. Send me your documents. So this guy sends me his documents. And he first sends me articles of incorporation. First thing. Huh, interesting. So if you want to become an LLC you don't file articles of incorporation. You file articles of organization. Okay. And then he sends an operating agreement. Okay. Why do you send me an operating agreement if you filed articles of incorporation? You should have sent me bylaws. That's what the guy that I paid four gave me okay then he sends me a fictitious business name and i'm like why are you sending me a fictitious business name first of all 
and same name as the articles of incorporation. Oh, because he said that I had to register in the city. No, you don't. You need to get a business license in the city. Oh, and then he sends me a IRS EIN letter, right? Under an LLC with his business name. I'm like, dude, how much do you pay for this? He's like, oh, I paid $500 plus filing fees. Okay, so let me do a search. We do a search, no document, no document had been filed or presented to any agency. I'm like, holy crap. I said, and you paid this guy already and no document has been filed. Nope, nothing. So now I get the, 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 the point as to why the bank was not able to open the bank account. First, you have articles of incorporation that are not filed with the Secretary of State. Second, you present operating agreement, which it's for an LLC. Third, you get a fictitious business name that it's under the same thing as the articles of incorporation, but with an LLC at the end, but there's no articles of organization. Fourth, you have an EIN number associated to this business, to this entity that is non-existent as an LLC, and you're claiming that you're taxed as an S corporation with foreign individuals. Your decision-making ability was based on monetary reasons. Why? Most of the times we act by desperation. Most of the times we react to the time frame that we are in. We want things quick, immediate satisfaction. That's what we're seeking. We react. We make decisions based on reactions, not on thinking, data, and clear understanding of what we are being explained or told. We are so eager to make the next step that we don't value, we don't value the consequences. This guy hired us, we delivered what we were hired to do at the very first place. He's already hiring us to manage his account and to provide him advice because based on what he said is he has never had an advisor like us that provides accurate and clear information. That's why I say fuck your numbers. According to him, he has been in business for 20 years. How has he done it? I have no idea. It's pan out? Yes. Unfortunately, his previous business had to be declared in bankruptcy because he had a little issues here and there. But he's been in business for over 20 years. He wants to continue being in business. We're there to help him. This morning, we get another email from somebody that we provided them a, uh, a proposal. We are a bit out of their uh, price range. And <laughs> nevertheless, based on their statement when we were talking to them, P 
people like me should not be opening businesses left and right, up and down, because we cannot afford people like you. The reply was, we cannot afford you. So I'm figuring out if I can do it on my own and then provide you the information so you can review it and tell me. Wow. I guess that person did not find value on what we do, nor value what we do. I wonder if a possible audit will bring value to what we do. I wonder when she gets or he gets uh, the uh, a $4 million refund, they're gonna value us to review and say, hey, you know what? Eek. The negative means that you owe. So you owe $4 million, not a refund of $4 million. Decision-making. Why do you make your decisions based on monetary value instead of valuing your time, instead of valuing the focus of your business, instead of valuing what you can bring to the table for your clients? Why do you, why do you wanna be busy and seem busy instead of focusing on growing your company? Why don't you value that? We're gonna to talk today about five steps to more smoothly delegating the decision process. If you are not willing to make those decisions or big decisions, you then must delegate those decisions to people that you trust. Now, how do you build the trust? It's all based on emotions. It's all based on your gut feeling. That's a decision. Now, if that decision based on your gut, based on what you've seen that the advisor provides, and then the advisor comes with a number that you are not even close or remotely close on to what you believe to what you believe it was, that's a problem. If you think that advice is inexpensive, guess what? Not being advice, it's more expensive. I just gave you two examples and I can have you and give you more and more and more examples. What do you value the most, right? So if you're building a, a successful business, you are most likely adding team members, right? To continue to grow to a fully evolved mid-sized business, one or other manage the employees, team members, and making a daily tactical decisions, you will need to delegate. You will need to stop micromanaging your company. You will need to stop, you would need to stop relying on your own gut and letting people 
manage and make decisions on their own. And yesterday, I, I have a very clear example from yesterday. One of our clients, the CEO, it's a micromanager. He's working towards not doing so. Now, the CEO, it's taking control and making decisions on his own without asking the CEO. They're learning. The CEO learned that even though the CEO it's not willing to relinquish full control of the decision-making process. The CEO is taking on its own and making those decisions that are going to move the company forward. Good for him. Kudos. I said, good for you. You're learning. Because so far, all the decisions that the CEO has made has moved the company forward and the CEO has not noticed. It's noticing that the company is moving, but it has not noticed that he's being asked. Hmm, interesting, right? So let's start by number one. Step one, build the proper infrastructure. It isn't safe to delegate before you have done this. The proper infrastructure consists of three things. Hiring the right people. Okay? Hire the right people. Document the processes. Metrics. Remember, fuck your numbers, right? Robust metrics are the, the important numbers, the important data that must be delegated, provided to you. By whom? Your accounting department, your marketing department, your sales department. Remember all data, it's translated to what? Money, money, money. Yep. Are you doing that? I don't think you're doing that. I don't think you're valuing because you don't know how to value those transactions that are non-monetary, converting them into monetary transactions to state in your financial statements. Number two, employees provide recommendations. Are you listening to your team members? No, because you're the only one who can make decisions in your company? No, because it's your company and whatever they tell me, it's shitty. No, because they're just here to make just one job and make their work and just that's it. Are you listening to your team members? They can provide you so much valuable information that you would be, if you listen, here, here, I'm going to send you a couple of Q-tips uh, so you can clean your ears. Are you listening to them? Or are you just listening and discarding? Number three, employees make the decision informing you prior to implementation. That is actually a really good process. Your team members are now making the decisions, but because they're bringing them to you before implementation, you can change any decision 
if it's going to run the train off the track. But just do this for the couple of months after you delegate those decisions. You need to let your team members feel that they have part of the control of the company. And not even just let them feel, actually have part of the control of the company. If you want to grow your company, it's going to be close to impossible for you to involve, be involved in every single decision-making process. You are just going to fuck up your company. Even if it's still a small business, even if it's still a mom and pop shop, that's the reason they fail because they don't let the kids make those decisions and move the company beyond their era. They kill it. They don't understand because of their stupid beliefs. Number four, team members make the decision and implement it. And you're not notified after the fact. That comes after number three. Don't go here until you agree with essentially every decision your team members make. I would actually defer from this. I would actually say, let's put it to a test two to three months and let's see how the quarter pans out and then step back. If you don't step back in the decision-making process, when are you going to? become a true business owner and stop being that independent contractor and or the most expensive employee of your company? When are you going to be able to put down that cell phone that has your business email, business uh, e uh, company uh, cell phone, blah, 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 and go on that vacation without worrying that your company, it's going to go up in flames? That's a true business owner. Oh, I'm just going to reply really quickly, or I'm just going to answer really quickly. Those coaches that are out there and doing that because, oh, I want to provide as much value to my clients and I want to be there for them. Good for you. Great. Amazing. But are you not providing value to your family? Because you're on the phone and they, even though you answer two, three hours later, are you paying attention to your family you're telling me that we must become business owners and you must be fully dedicated to your family and or fully dedicated to your business that's not congruent i'm on vacation i'll be back in seven days this is the person that you need to contact if you need something period i actually found a spot called Loreto. My brother took us there last year and there's no internet connection. I loved it. There was no internet connection. I loved it. We're actually going there, I think in May. We're going there for two weeks. That's the perfect spot for me to write my third book.
that's a perfect spot for me to relax, decompress, perch, forget about anything and everything after the tax season. No internet connection. People, I'll be off the grid for the next two weeks. Not right now, right? But it may. Oh, I'll answer you in three hours or so because I'm on vacation. Then don't go on vacation, right? Let your team make those decisions. Step back. Step back. Okay? Until you learn to step back and let go. Number three is going to be circulating and circulating and circulating and circulating and circulating. And you're just going to be there circulating like your weak internet connection in your streaming service that every 20, 30 minutes starts thinking there. And then it keeps back and keeps back and keeps back. So it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, whatever. And you won't go past number three. Number five, team members operate independently while you monitor the results. This is the last and final step is that you don't require notification at all. You simply monitor results and ask questions based on the metrics you see. That would be me and me. Come back from Loreto, show me numbers. Let's see where we are. But you need to train your team members. You need to let them be, right? You may want to set dollar limits to determine decisions in which you need to be involved prior to implementation. However, to give managers complete authority over a division or department, you will eventually need to get to this step. How much are you willing to risk and lose if you're not involved in the decision-making? Don't be a penny pincher, okay? Don't be a rich entrepreneur, poor company type of individual. Okay, poor companies tend to go bankrupt. Rich entrepreneurs tend to be self-employed, independent contractors, very expensive employees. You don't want that. You wanna create an empire. You wanna create a big company. You wanna create a big solid company that it can be lasting for generation after generation. And you can be teaching the people that you select to stay as the board and as the CEO of your company. Think big. Don't try to open a company that will last one, two, three years, one, two, three years, one, two, three years. Create companies that last years, and once they're set, move to the next venture and continue growing and growing and growing. Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, and I'm naming those because those are the most popular business owners right now, CEOs. 
Do you think that Jeff Bezos selling Amazon so he can go and and manage the Washington Post? No, or the New York the the New York Times, whichever newspaper he owns, and or his uh, 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 airspace division, or his no, he's not. Once he had Amazon ready, he moved to the next venture, and he's controlling and creating all of them. But guess what? He's not big. Guess what? He focused. Guess what? He knows how to delegate. He's not a micromanager, at least what we know. Follow those models. Let's end up today's show with a quote from Maya Angelou. She is an American poet. And she said, success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. Hell yeah. Success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. Because if you like all that, you're never going to work a day in your life. You're enjoying it. You're enjoying the roller coaster or the Ferris wheel that you are in. I love roller coasters. I love what I do. It's been great seeing you today. See you tomorrow. Buon appetit. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Lunch with the Shark. If you would like to set up a consultation with the Shark CFO, Vidal Espinosa, visit his website www.invictus-advisors.com and don't forget to subscribe on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter and LinkedIn.